Okay, welcome to episode 41 of the MUFC podcast, which we are going to review the three-all draw against Sheffield United this morning. What on earth happened, Larry? What didn't happen? There was everything in the game, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> if you want to be a, if you want to be an optimist, there was an element of Fergie time in there, was there not? It just Fair Sheffield United. Yeah. Exactly my point. You took the words right out of my mouth. Well, there were the... It did almost have the makings of a, almost a classic comeback, 2-0 down, and you almost still... There's still a bit of confidence for me that we're going to come back and win 3-2, and that 10 minutes came out of... Well, do you reckon it came out of nowhere, or it was sort of... It was kind of eventuate after the, the substitutions, or the Williams goal was just a bit of a... out of nowhere? I'd love to say it was because of the substitutions, but it almost felt like... Once the first goal went in, there was an opportunity for two yeah. and three. It didn't feel like a tactical switch caused the goal, did it? It was just more of a momentum thing. But, um, yeah, a real kick in the teeth, that late goal, which um, I'm sure we'll get into and discuss via VAR, whether it was a handball or a not. A kick in the teeth or a shoulder in the ball? Oh, God, it felt everything, felt every inch of it. Um, team selection. Day obviously in goals, went back to a 3-5-2 or 3-4-3, probably 3-4-3, you'd call it. Um, Maguire, Lindelof and somehow Phil Jones made a guest appearance at centre-back um, may that but be maybe a well positive in Brandon Williams played over Ashley Young yeah um, definitely one on the right um, the Brazilian magicians in midfield Fred and Pereira which I'm sure we'll discuss their performance and then the front three picks itself obviously Marshall James and Rashford um I think we'll just go through the game in terms of all the instances, um, just in chronological order. The first goal, where do, we, where do you want to start? Because I've got my own two cents. Phil Jones shouldn't be on the field, for but Besides that, he is on the field. So. Um, awful defending, mate. If, you, if you're going to go pace for pace with the guy, he's obviously quicker than you, and from what we saw, he's obviously more physical than you. Get on his inside shoulder, for crying out loud. That's fundamental defending. He's gone for his outside shoulder, he's, where he's just been physically dominated, and he's just left his def- the defence of scrambling after that. I can't blame the... Uh, yes, you could say, you know, hopefully with a bit of luck or better defensive qualities, you can then compensate for that, but Phil Jones just right out of position. And Well, for me, it's his position. Not so much the position. You're 100% correct in what you say in regards to his battle with um, the striker for Sheffield United. But it's the position he puts himself in before there. They stopped at half-time. I was watching Peter Schmeichel. They sort of did a freeze frame and showed the, the line where the defenders were. Harry Maguire right. was standing in line, so you had to be in front of Harry Maguire. And Phil Jones was 10, ten metres behind, marking the striker. Now, it had nothing to do... The fault with I have with Jones there is nothing to do with an offside trap or pressing the game to Sheffield United. It's isolating himself one-on-one, so he's forced the... I don't know who had the ball for Sheffield United to play, be able to play that ball. If Phil Jones was in line with Harry Maguire, that ball doesn't get played. But because he's isolated in a 1v1 situation, the one the, one of the benefits of playing three at the back for in terms of your know, central defenders is very rarely in a three at the back where you get isolated one-on-one. Yeah. You usually have cover. But Phil Jones was 10 metres by himself. So suddenly the ball carrier for Sheffield United realised, that defender's one-on-one, we can exploit that. And that's when they played the ball, and then what happened happened. So... um two huge mistakes from Phil Jones there I think and it begs the question why on earth was he playing yeah. if Tuan Xavier was fit enough to be on the bench um, it was baffling 
because when you saw his name on the team sheet, you thought it's a good mistake in him here. This could cost us, and ultimately it has. Yeah, I think I don't know who posted it, but apparently Phil Jones in the in the current Premier League, he's the highest. He's got the highest amount of errors that lead straight to goals in the Premier League. Oh, no that's doubt. an insane... It would be him or Xhaka, but I suppose Phil Jones been here since 2011, or 2011, yeah. 2012. That's another thing. Like He's a fairly experienced player. I know he's I know he's had his injury record, but... It's funny that you mentioned... I actually didn't have that vision. I didn't get to see that. But um, now that you mention it, it does make sense. Like In a three-man defence, to get isolated one-on-one like that, yeah, something's gone seriously wrong in that system. That's so why I think Maguire, he's like a, whether you want to call it like a pace, does look quite... Comfortable. He didn't have a world-class game this morning, but he's quite comfortable in the three. So he's always got a little bit of cover. Plays for three in, an Eng- in yeah, the in English England side as well. Um, now, just before um, we'll get into the second goal, half-time in the second goal, just before the first goal, um, I think it led to a free kick. Andreas Pereira and Fred. Fred was on the sideline. I forget he got dragged out, did some, had to tackle, win a ball or something. And the play was sort of breaking down at so Fred was on the sideline and Pereira came from nowhere from the middle of the pitch to do this slide tackle it was quite lucky with the foul if it got a millimetre difference um, could have seen a red card he might have got booked and might have got away with it but gave away a foul on the sideline no issue with that the stupidity though is we're playing in a two man midfield Fred is on the sideline and suddenly Pereira is sprinting over to the same sideline who the hell is in the middle and I thought that discipline from Pereira was Amateurish. I, I coach schoolgirls at school. If a year six girl did that, run out of position that far, I wouldn't hesitate to take off the field. And this right. is a professional from Man United. Let me put it to you like this, right? What is her? What is sorry? What is Pereira's biggest weakness? His decision making. Okay. And then this is decision making off, like in a defensive capacity yeah. as well. But well, that's the thing. Like you, as a fan, can watch a game of football and say Pereira's weakness is decision making. Imagine moving someone from number ten to number six, where. You, that position is all about your brain. Yeah. And he's just put Pereira there. Like, I, I, I understand the reluctance. I sort of understand the reluctance to not pick Ghana. But to, if you look at it in hindsight, what could have Ghana done worse than what Pereira yeah. did? No, I agree. Well, I called for Ghana before the match. But as you say... Sanity. It's very easy for us to say that. Um, Solskjaer with his job on the line. It is. I can understand why he has gone Fred and Pereira. But I think ultimately it was the wrong choice. And I think Solskjaer himself probably did realise that. Um, he changed it at half-time, took Big Phil off and um, reverted back to a four at the back and brought Jesse Lingard on almost, say, pretty much back into our 4-2-3-1 yeah. um, system, which definitely ultimately changed things, but not straight away. Um, were you surprised Solskjaer changed it at half-time? Usually he does wait a little bit. No, I think... Or was it that bad that... Can yeah. you think of a worse first half this season? I thought that was... I thought that was real. We just did not look at the races. Yeah. I don't... I don't recall us stringing three, four passes together that whole first half. Yeah. Shambles. Um, and normally three... I can understand why he went with the three. He kind of wanted to combat what Sheffield United were doing, but just didn't work. So, and you know what? Credit to him. We've all said he doesn't adapt. Yeah. He did at half-time here. So, well, he definitely did. However, it was... I almost called them Leicester. Um, Sheffield scored the second goal. Again, Andreas Pereira. This is... Well, it does ultimately come down to decision-making. He got his body position in the wrong in the wrong way. But his technique on the ball, lost the ball. Um, Sheffield United pounced and... I don't know. I wouldn't really fault Harry Maguire, but the, the guy did run a fair, fair distance with the ball and it was a decent finish. 
but it just stems from Andreas Pereira getting the ball in the wrong area trying he's almost trying to do his pass before he got the ball first things first get the ball under control then yeah. provide the pass I can understand why people would want to blame defenders in that situation I like Harry Maguire actually I, I do think he's a United player and I still think he's finding his feet in that side I know it sounds a bit insane to say for a 26 year old but you know when you're working with players who you haven't worked with before, it sometimes does take time to adjust to a system and find out how your fellow colleagues work. But this isn't Nemanja Vidic and Rio Ferdinand. If you're giving away the ball in your half, these sorts of things are going to happen. And, yeah, it's just... Yeah, I, I 100% agree. The issue here was the midfield uh, for the whole game. You know, even from an offensive perspective, I know we'll get into the goals, but... I thought midfield was the real disappointment and the real weakness in this game. If Solskjaer needed a footprint to say, I need reinforcements, this was the game to do it. What do you think about Pereira? Because well, it's very easy to be knee-jerk. I remember a couple of these things after the Newcastle game, I said I was done with Fred. Then Fred had five or six really good games, or, or adequate games. And then your opinion sort of changes, but it almost gets to that feeling with Andres Pereira. I think he's a very good player. It's just not going to work. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. Um, I think technically brilliant. He's similar to... He's not he's not quite as pacey or as tricky, but um, he reminds me of Nani in the sense he's got all the talent, just poor decision-making. Yeah. Like, Nani could make you pull your hair out, but he could do something brilliant. Yeah. Similar in that sense. But, yeah, for me, he's, how old is Pereira now? 24? Yeah, at least. I think, yeah, at least 23, 24, I'd say. He, he's, not, he's not a kid anymore. It's, just, it's not working for me. Um... Actually, okay, then the game suddenly changed. Brendan Williams pops up with... You actually watch it on the replay. It's an unbelievable finish. Oh, great um, technique. I don't know how the cross goes. Daniel James cross that was sort of half yeah, cleared. Yeah, Daniel James cross. Again, Daniel James on the right. It works, trust me. Um, yeah, half cleared. And Did he touch the ball in the game before that? <laughs> and the finish was... Um, the reverse angle of the finish right in the, post, right in the corner. Um, what do you think of... Besides the goal, obviously we think it's a good goal, but in terms of it's only natural to compare his performance to Ashley Young's performance, how do you think Brandon Williams did? If I'm being sensible, I don't think he had an amazing game. Um, but he was still, in saying that, one of our better players. I thought If I was like, if I was ranking him out of 10, I'd say it was about a, about a 6, yeah. if I'm being honest. Yeah, um, I think, look... He's also 18 years of age. Yeah, I, I think that's the thing. I think he had... I wouldn't say a poor game, but I don't think he had a very good game. Um, in saying that, though, I think he did more than what Ashley Young would have done. Oh, no so doubt. I think he more than justified his position. Yeah. Um, you know what I do like about him? He scored his first Premier League goal as an 18-year-old for Manchester United. And what was his, his instinct? Let's get back. Yeah, get back. He didn't want to celebrate or carry on. Really respect that. Well, the exact same thing also happened. Um, Mason Greenwood grabbed his first Premier League goal. Um, another good goal very good ball in from Rashford good awareness from I love Greenwood. this goal that is when we talk about striker goals that's a striker it's just goal. a shame that which we'll obviously get into with New Slash we didn't win the game so you don't really remember the goals as fondly so it would have been a real, both goals for, for both of the kids would have been very good to look back and remember but yet in a couple of weeks you'll forget about them because we obviously went on to lose the match or sorry it felt, felt like we lost the match um, yeah it was a great ball from Rashford and Greenwood's oh, yeah. awareness um almost showed that centre-forward instinct. Um, speaking of Rashford, then goes on, grabs what we thought was the winner. Um, Love it. Probably the goal of the game, maybe. Oh, or no doubt. Yeah. Left-foot finish. In terms of for us. It's good. Um, it was Daniel James down the left. Play 1-2 with Martial. 
Yeah, it was Martial through ball to uh, James went past to James. Defenders. James puts it in a Rashford. Rashford finish. There's a good awareness from James because it's very easy. I thought when he went through, he was going to sort of side foot, try and open his body yeah. up and side foot the ball in with his right foot. But um, I think there was a defender closing the angle plus the goalkeeper had really committed to blocking the shot. So it was a good awareness to really cut the ball back. What do you think of the decision to take Martial off in hindsight? Um, I actually thought we looked worse with the ball. In hindsight, you say, yes, it was the wrong decision. But at the time, no, it's the it right decision. Right? It's yeah. the right decision. If, that, if we win the game, um, that's good man management, time wasted, bring an extra body on. If you lose the game or if you draw the game, oh, we should have kept continuing. So. Anything much? Have you seen anyone more filthy to come off a pitch? Oh, that's normal. That's, I'd say that's probably a, um, a good thing. You, you want him to be pissed off like that. I thought he was anonymous, but he really he was showing his class towards the end, and I, he probably felt he could have influenced the game. I, I get it. Um, but, yeah, I thought it was the right call, really. Oh, if you're a striker and you, your team scores <coughs> three goals and you don't, yeah. naturally you're going to be a bit peed off. Um, but I, I, no issue at the time with this sub. I, I can understand. I, to be honest, I don't understand why people are pissed off about it. But I can see why. Um, I they, think that they come to that conclusion that that, that was the wrong yeah. substitute. But if, if Mourinho does that, that's tactics one hundred and one and a winning mentality. Um, yeah, I thought he could have left it a few minutes, but I'm nitpicking. Yeah. Um, I, I, it made sense at the time. It's, it's a non-talking point if we win. Oh no doubt. Um, now, obviously, we didn't win, so the equaliser. First of all. Regardless of VAR or the interpretation of the rule, do you think, in, in terms of if you're making the rules tomorrow, is it a handball or not a handball? No, that's a goal. Yeah, it's not a handball for me. However, in regards to the way the rules are interpreted, I think it's definitely a handball. Yeah, well... well which is what pisses me off, because if, that's, if that comes off um, Mo Salah's arm, that's not a handball. It's a tricky one, because if I'm looking at that replay, it... To me, it looks all shoulder. I know there was the there was a conflicting angle where it does look like it, there's a bit of arm there, but if you're looking at it front on, which I feel is the best way to look at it, it looks all shoulder to me. I, I couldn't call that a handball, even with the current rules. Your shoulder and your arm are two different body parts. I know it's hard to believe. Um, I did think, though, when they were showing the replays, I did think that, um, well, well, obviously you have a bad feeling, you think, oh, they're going to give it. The more they showed it, the more sort of it really did hit his arm. Or when you debate yeah. shoulder arm, you thought, God, if they're sticking by their consistency, they're going to have to roll it up, roll it no goal. But um, ultimately, no surprise that it I was, was more disappointed with the defending, to be honest. Anyone at fault or hard one? Because if I'm looking at the replay, it looks like Maguire's Maguire's come in, Williams has come in. Someone's missed their man there. I don't know if it was. Maguire or Williams but yeah someone's definitely tucked in a bit I think sometimes that late in injury time when Sheffield are throwing bodies forward sometimes it's very chaotic in terms, oh, no in terms, doubt, in terms of defending like who's got who there's suddenly everyone's marked up then you've got a centre back coming forward you think hang on who's got him that's what leadership is though isn't it yeah. you know when you talk about when we were winning these games it was the last ditch efforts to stop a goal from going in we just don't have that anymore and you know you can talk about and Oscar has referred to Maguire being that leader. This is the moments where, if you want to be that leader, this is where you step up and you take it. Um, I just, like I said, I think he's a United player. I think he will improve, but just the the whole performance and the, the way that last goal went in, it just I felt like if there was a leader in that defence, that goal doesn't go in. What do you think of this quote? This caused a little bit of controversy. To be honest, I haven't seen him say this, but it's um, quoted around the internet or Twitter, so. 
has to be true. Must be true. But it, it does look legitimate. He said, um, the difference is huge. Last year we would have gone four or five down. Solskjaer's talking in regards to when you're 2-0 down. Everyone's saying, oh, that's not the winner mentality. That, that, that's wrong. Ferguson wouldn't say that. The way I look at it, he's 100%. It happened last year. We're 2-0 down at Everton. And yeah, we went on to concede four. He's not wrong. He, he's stating the fact that last year, that type of game, when you're playing bad and things yeah. go against you, the team folded. I can understand. I understand what you're saying, but him saying that gives the players an out. And, and that, if I'm going to play devil's advocate... I don't know what he's saying behind closed yeah. doors. I, I don't know. If he's prob- Maybe he's saying to them behind closed doors, I just protected you out there. Repay that faith next week. Um, as a fan, I, if I'm being honest, I, I don't really want to see those comments. I want you to be holding your team accountable and saying we need to win games. But in saying that, in his same press conference, from what I've um, we spoke about this off air, he basically said, I could have subbed off every player at halftime. And he questioned their desire. So... Um, dent well, if you do, dent if you we'll don't. We'll get into Solskjaer in just a little bit. Um, we'll just quickly touch on Player of the Year. Feels like a while since we did this. Uh, Player of the Year points. Um, tough one. Who are you giving three points to? I'm going to say Rashford. You get a goal, you get an assist. Everyone was anonymous in the first half, so let's just forget about the first half and pretend it's a game of 20 minutes. Um, yeah, I thought Rashford looked quite lively. Um and just purely for what what he's contributed in terms of stats, I have to say Rashford. Yeah, it's hard to pick him out on match, but um, yeah, in terms of what you just said there, in terms of the goal one and assist, and I thought he actually didn't do, play too bad. I thought out of him and Martial was probably the more productive, or well, yeah. ultimately was. But um, so hard to argue there. I would go two points to Hale. Mate, only one or a double save, but only one to the incident. That double save. Um, is that a, I think it was a nil order or one nil. Because um, obviously yeah. in the first half, so um, look, we don't want to sit here and say it's a return of the old David De Gea, but um, look, he, he does look good, I think. Yeah, for goalkeepers, it's about moments. They obviously can't influence a game one minute one to minute ninety, but in the moments when you need them to step up, that's when they did, and he did that. Um, under one point, anyone? He scored his first Premier League goal. He came on as a substitute and scored. For me, it has to be Greenwood. Yeah, look, it's hard for me to remember in terms of the actual quality of performances and overall we were quite poor, so, yeah, first Premier League goal. Happy, For a youth, ha- youth Academy product. Happy to give it to Greenwood. Actually, I saw that in terms of the substitutes and the goal scorers, all cost, uh, all three substitutes and all three goal scorers cost a grand total of zero pound. Um, Lingard, Greenwood and... Lingard didn't score, it was Rashford. No, no, he, he was a sub. So, oh, right, so, right, so right. Lingard came off the right. bench, Greenwood came off the bench, and who else? Who other sub? Was there only two subs? Two on Xavier. Uh, two on Xavier, all cost nothing, and the three goal scorers, Rashford, um, Greenwood, and Williams. Really? So, um, look, I'd rather three points than that. I'd rather spend 600 yeah. million and have but three you points. You know what, but that's the element of Manchester United. But, um, it is good to see. Um, now we'll get on to. Tough topic. Oh, I don't know. It's a tough topic. The real topic. Um, we haven't spoken since Jose Mourinho has taken over from Pochettino at Tottenham. Oh, did he? He did. Yeah, oh, heard right. a, little, a little bit about it. Um, now, ultimately, Pochettino is there. Solskjaer is getting under more and more pressure. If we come back and win three-two, it's a non-issue um, until next week. Um, if we lost, it definitely would have heated up. The draw is somewhat that middle ground. 
um, Solskjaer's position and the availability of Pochettino. If you would, would do you, do you start making some phone calls? If, I w- if I'm Woodward, I resign and get someone who actually knows what they're doing to replace me. But it, look, if, I'm, if I'm being serious, I think it's too early to act. Um, I think there will be an element here of... I have no doubt in the background there's, there's always conversations, there's always chatter... Uh, in the in the inner channels, and I'm sure that should Pochettino get an offer from, say, a Bayern Munich, then Woodward could feel tempted to act. Um, until that happens, I think we just play this out and let Solskjaer see where he finishes. I think by the end of Christmas we'll get a better well, idea. In terms of acting now, or acting or not acting, um, let's say Solskjaer is to leave, whether it be now or in May. Yeah, is Pochettino? For you, a manager, you would say yes, happy for him to come in. That's the thing. I'm, if I look at Pochettino, I'm not filled with 100% confidence he does a better job. Yeah, well, okay. Oh, and look, who knows? It will change. But ultimately, you'd hope if the new manager comes in, you'd hope there's a change in direction, a change in structure, and Pochettino has what he has. But in terms of manager, that's what I mean. Yeah. Is you might miss out if he is the manager um, that you want. You do have to go get him. Um, as much as I want to stick with Solskjaer now and think it's probably the right thing to do it is a dangerous game because if you've got two or three managers if you're looking at it and you're keen to have fine okay sort of have that risk take that risk and sort of let it play out but as you say Bayern Munich are out there Arsenal eventually going to be out there I don't see him going to Arsenal that but, would be hilarious but, but you never know you never know I wouldn't have said Mourinho was going to Tottenham um, really? I don't think so well, especially after his time at Chelsea and United um, I could have seen the Arsenal one but definitely not Tottenham um, just given the way the, the club is structured but um, oh God, that's a debate for another time but in terms Jeez. of Solskjaer now which we just alluded to a little bit then is he starting to I think we're both very patient with him um, compared to a lot of Twitter but is he starting to test the patience or is he showing some... not for me um, if I just look at that game today right like under towards the end under Jose, you could see there were players there who were not asked to bust themselves. There was nothing about this game that showed a lack of effort. Yeah, they weren't at the races in the first half, but the whole team was not at the races. Like if you see the way Rashford speaks about Solskjaer, mate, you can't tell me there's a bigger advocate for the guy. Rashford was missing in the first half. Um, but if you look at the second half comeback, you can't say that this isn't a team who doesn't want to play for their manager or isn't trying. Well, the efforts. What, what about the argument people will have? Okay, that's great. Um, people, players, given they're all fantastic, they're playing for the manager. What about in terms of his actual decision making and in-game management? Is that... I think it could be better, but I think he's improving on the job. I mean, we said at the start of the season he doesn't adapt, and then in the Chelsea game we saw him make a switch um, to the four-two-three-one uh, off the top of my head, and he moved Rashford out wide, Paul Martial at striker. And then we won that game 1-2, albeit a Rashford wonder strike. And then, again, he's changed tactics at half-time here. Our criticism at the start of the season was he doesn't change at all. He's, he's starting to do it. He's learning on the job. Like if you t- In terms of managerial experience, he's really... He, I think he's been in managing for about 10 years. Been and, well now, yeah. and I'm including the times when he's been a youth manager. It doesn't really count, does it? Oh no, yeah, I know, I know, Dean, but on, the, on paper it doesn't really count, but it, it does, it's all part of... It does, um, but like, you know what I mean, you don't get tested until you're really in a top pressure job, but I think he's learning and I think he's improving, and from what I can say, and again, I come back to this point every single time this conversation happens, 
the cattle he has, I don't think Pep Guardiola, Sir Alex Ferguson, and Jose Mourinho as their assistant. No, that's why I think, does much no, better. That's exactly why I think you can't. Whether you can't sack him, why I wouldn't sack Solskjaer now? Because let's say Pochettino is the man. If you bring him in now, in terms of his structure, eventually you're going to sack him in two three years because he's going to run into the same problems. Whether you're Solskjaer in, Solskjaer out, whatever the tactics situation is, whether you're Pochettino in, Pochettino out, Woodward out, Glazers out, whatever it is, the ultimate problem is the players aren't good enough. And that stems from one area. That stems from a lack of investment. So whatever happens, a managerial change, it's going to paper over cracks for five, six months, maybe a year, maybe two years. But eventually it'll come back because the problem won't be addressed. And until that problem's addressed, which is the lack of investment and the structure of the club, we're always going to run into the same problem. So I can understand people who don't want Solskjaer and want to change. But trust me, you'll be wanting to change again in a year's time because Pochettino's not going to do any better. No doubt. But, but if Pochettino is the man, which I potentially think, in terms of the position we're in as a club now, I can understand why Pochettino is a good fit because he's almost the same position Tottenham were in, like it or not, mid-table sort of club. So um, Pochettino came in and did a rebuild job there. So I think the type of job is almost suited to Pochettino. But um, it's where I'm concerned. If he is the man now... Ed Woodward says, I want Pochettino, he's the man. Pochettino says, I want the job. If we do wait and keep and keep Solskjaer in and some, someone like Bayern or someone like Arsenal come in for Pochettino and we miss out, we'll pay the price. We should have acted now. The only thing, and I guess I throw the question back to you, is if you're... This is going to be hard for you. Pretend you're not a United fan and Solskjaer sells the project of Manchester United to you you're a top player or a world-class player. Do you buy into it or not? That's my thing, because Pochettino has a reputation, rightly or wrongly. There's a lot more attractive clubs at the moment for players than United. There's, I'd say there's 10 teams around Europe. If you're a 20, 21, 22-year-old player um, with your pick of clubs, I reckon United are probably around the 10th. I agree. But if you have a good manager, that can make the difference. So I'm just wondering, does Pochettino, just purely for the fact of it might be more attractive... For players that you're trying to bring in could that be something that potentially gets him the job because um, if I'm not a United fan I don't know what the appeal is to play under Solskjaer unless I'm a young player and I want to develop because I'm like okay he plays, plays kids the players will always go and look at okay what's his manager going to win for me what's Pochettino and this is not a, I, I, I hate to use this as criticism of Pochettino but it's sort of the, the, the thing you do with Pochettino what's he won so when a player's looking at Pochettino well, what's he going to win for me yeah um Mourinho is a man, whatever you think of his management, uh, will win things. Pep Guardiola will win things. Uh, some of the Italian managers yeah. will And win my things. criticism over Pochettino is what you just alluded to. He he has openly says he doesn't really care about Carabao Cups and FA Cups and just like, there is something to be said about winning trophies. Manchester United, it's, what, it's in the DNA of that club. You have to win trophies. I think he on, the, on the evidence from what I've seen since when it's, it's probably been in the job almost a year now, technically in terms of his interim area um, just under a year I have a feeling Pochettino is probably the right man for the job in terms of the situation we find ourselves in and Solskjaer maybe have to accept maybe isn't the right man Um, my ideal scenario now is somehow qualify for the top four whether it be through a top which if you look at the table I don't think we're going to make top four so the ideal scenario now is Solskjaer to win the Europa League and gracefully bow out and Pochettino to come in but in saying that, again, I think that is a big risk because I think Bayern Munich will definitely... That's my thing. I've seen you say that on Twitter. And 
if he makes the Champions League, yeah, I can't see them getting rid yeah, of him. Yeah, and it might, might, might be the wrong thing to get rid of him. However, in the business that they're in, in the cutthroat business, it potentially is the right call. Um, Almost like a Roy Atkinson and Fergie. Yeah, right? no, it's. Got Ron Atkinson always finished second, third, fourth. Right? He couldn't. He couldn't take the next step. He felt he couldn't take the next step. Um, but I don't think Solskjaer has that mentality. I think Solskjaer believes in himself, which is great, which you want him to do. But yeah, well, I think I think after Christmas we'll have a better idea of where this is going. Well, there will be definitely more managerial discussions in a few weeks because obviously in I think two weeks it's Solskjaer versus Mourinho. Um, I mean that'll dedicate a whole podcast to it. Um, before we wrap up, we'll just touch on some Facebook and Twitter comments. That's yeah. next week, mate. Next week, is it? Oh, God. It's coming around. Could you imagine Solskjaer 1-0? 1-0 parks the bus against Mourinho. Oh, oh no. Imagine. All right. Here's, here's, here's my scenario, all right? Tottenham are going to be winning 1-0. We're going to win 2-1. Paul Pogba is going to score the winner in the 90th minute. <laughs> He's going to run over to Mourinho, cup his ear over. Um, one can hope. Uh, <laughs> if, if Pogba's fit, God, who knows? He's... I'll be playing for the LA Lakers by then. Yeah, possibly. Um, okay, so on Facebook and Twitter, um, a few people left some comments on the game this morning. Um, James from Perth at Haywood Red Devil, um, actually our first guest on the podcast while I was over in Perth, um, said, what compromise in dirt does Jones and Pereira have on Solskjaer? Which I don't even think it's just Jones on Solskjaer. Jones has been playing under every single manager. I think... Played under Fergie, Moyes, Fennel, right. Mourinho. Let's be sensible, right? Really? Twins AB's been out for nearly two months? Am I right in saying that? He's been yeah. out for a while. Yeah, well, right. He's been out for two months. So the logical thing is, okay, let's ease him into game time. And then if you look at who's left, Rojo's injured. He definitely would have started if he was fit. Don't yeah. forget, Rojo was injured. So if you look at who's left, it's just Jones. Right. He almost he went there by default. Now, do you risk putting Twins AB there who's not match fit? Has no match rhythm. You could argue Jones doesn't have a rhythm. That's why I wouldn't have played three at the back. Would have just played two at the back. Oh, yeah, sorry, I, sorry four I, at the back. I think that's where Solskjaer got it wrong. I think he should have just stuck to his system. Um, now Vin R at Mad R Aussie Guy on Twitter said, "All his mind-boggling substitution going defensive in the last moments of the game, making the same mistake of being defensive." I think we touched on that before. I don't. I don't agree. Yeah, with I, I'm sorry. I don't agree with it because if it, if the VAR. Um, rules of the handball and we win it's a fantastic defensive substitution yeah. it's um, closing the game out to respond to that one mate um, I, I get I get the frustration one if we win you don't say that two two and AB wasn't the reason we lost and that substitution wasn't the reason sorry and, and, we drew and, sorry and if we go for a fourth goal and keep Marshall on the pitch and get done on the county thing, oh, why, why isn't he bringing on a defender exactly um, so yeah I get the frustration but it's a hard one um Alex Petro um, on Twitter at Alex from Sylvania. Um, apart from the obvious inept tactics, our reaction after the first goal, lack of leadership in the squad, etc. I just want to know the direction and vision of the club. I've been trying to work it out over the past year, and I'm stumped. Well, just over the past year, I've been trying to work it out over the past six years. Um, the actual vision and direction of the club. Um, move on to Facebook, Robert. Um, I think many people have just lowered the bar concerning United now. Management, fan, fans, everyone. How Oli is still in a job amuses me. We were terrible today. We got tactically outclassed by Sheffield United. And everyone says, give him time. To what 
to fail more. If this was anyone else, everyone would be calling for his head. His record from the end of last year to now is definitely sackable. It's got um, a point. No, 100% got a point. I just, I think it comes back down to, I wouldn't say context, but um, I've, I've said it before. If we're going to fail, which under this board and under the structure of the board, I think we're destined to fail. Whoever comes in is going to fail. And I would rather, it's a stupid way of looking at it, but I'd rather fail with Solskjaer than fail with someone like Mourinho who's just going to disrespect and abuse everyone at the club. Yeah. Solskjaer, there's some type of smile on your face at the club now. Because mm-hmm. um, Pochettino comes in now with this, the same structure Woodward has, he's not going to do any better. So we're going to eventually fail. So I, look, Solskjaer essentially does deserve the sack, but until it's changed, I'd rather fail with him, knowing that he has the best interests at heart. Did the goal... Did the... Here's the thing. The, the goals we conceded, I can't say that's because of the system, so that's why I, I disagree with those comments there, because the, the, both both goals are individual error. And if it, was a, if it was a systematic flaw of the system he set up for those goals, then yeah, I'd, I'd agree with you. But that's the thing. Until you have the players you need... Like if you had Nemanja Vidic and Rio Ferdinand, or if you had Van Dyke in that back line, I, that Phil Jones goal doesn't happen. If you had uh, Gundogan or Kevin De Bruyne where Pereira was, the second goal doesn't happen. Yeah. Context. Um, Josh from last week's podcast or two weeks ago podcast said that he really feels for Sheffield United. Well, I don't feel for Sheffield United. And I spent some time there when I was younger, and I still don't feel for them. Um, outclassed us for most of the game. Any other game, you'd be disappointed not to see it out for the three points. Did you play for Sheffield United? I was there for a little bit. Really? Um, training. Is that why you're wearing a red and black shirt today? Um, red, and bl- red and blue. Oh, it's navy. It's flirting yeah, with them. Get your eyes checked. Um, any other game, you'd be disappointed not to see it out for three points. But a draw is a huge compliment to our performance. Nice goal by Brandon. And uh, nice goal by Brandon, though. It deserved a celebration, which you mentioned before. I feel sorry for Greenwood and Brent and Williams in terms of those goals. In two weeks, you'll forget about them because um, the they didn't go on to win the game. But if you look at them in isolation, they both couldn't be happier for them. Um, yeah. Two really good goals. Um, both those boys are signed up long term, so you like to yeah. think they'll get some more memorable moments in the hopefully not too distant future. Um, I think we'll wrap it up there. I don't think it's still a while away before the Astana match. And it'll be interesting to see who goes there. I have a feeling whoever's playing on the weekend in the Premier League won't travel, or I, ho- I hope that's the case, and I hope it's a completely different squad. Um, are we qualified in Europa? Yeah. Yeah, we're through. So um, we're the first or second God, who knows? You're going to get who you get. So I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing it under... Look, no, you go out there, you want to win, but you have to represent the Play the under-fives. But um, I would. I would go and play a bunch of kids there. Um, if, if someone does need match fitness, who's a player who needs fitness at the moment? Look, where, who knows what his future is? You'd probably play Matic, um, get him back out there. I'll, I'll play I'd play, play Gomez. Oh, I don't know if he, the whole thing with his contract. Who knows what's happening there? Tuan Zabin probably needs to play. We haven't heard of Teeth Chong in a while, have we? Yeah, um, Ashley Young will play, rightly play. Um, it'll be cold out there, not that we're going. Actually, Lockie, a member of the supporters club, is out there. Somehow managed to find his way. Going to Astana? Yeah, he's in Kazakhstan at the moment. Oh, so good for you, well, mate. Well, he's there, so I assume it's for the game. Um, yeah. I'm not sure he's there for sightseeing. Um, What's there to see in Astana? So hopefully, Lockie, if you listen to this, send through some photos if you're at the game. Yeah, bring us back a souvenir. Um, there's the three points. We're a one-matter goal. We'll be fine. Um, anything, else, anything else to add? Um, I don't think so. 
I think we'll cover the whole Mourinho and Solskjaer debate next week um, before the that, match. Yeah. And I'm sure Arsenal will have a new manager by then. Cause We've by got the two games next week, mate. It's going to be a busy... We've got a game on Tuesday and Thursday for me. So, again, um, thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, again, really appreciate all the support. Now, if you're holding your phone, um, which I guess you are, because everyone walks around holding their phone at the moment, um, whatever platform you listen to on iTunes or Spotify or SoundCloud, just leave a review or whatever you can just to make me and Larry feel a little bit better about ourselves. Um, that'll be appreciated. Um, thank you all for the feedback on the Paul Scholes podcast. Everyone I spoke to really enjoyed that. So um, it's good to reminisce a little bit. Um, so we'll catch up at the pub next week, same time next week. Sounds good. All right. Thanks, everyone, again for listening. Cheers.